Support for Waveform comes from Anthropic. So looking for an AI solution for a business, it might be time to check out the Claude 3 family from Anthropic, your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. So whether you're powering a customer chat experience or doing complex R&D or need advanced analysis, Anthropic can help provide you with frontier intelligence. So if you're looking for speed, power, or anything in between, the Claude 3 family offers AI models for a variety of tasks and budgets. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Waveform Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Marquez Brownlee. And I'm Andrew Manganelli. And in this episode, we're gonna we're gonna talk about chargers in boxes. Every every phone should come with a charger in the box, right? Right? <laughs> but really, there's a lot to discuss with phones that are leaking, like iPhone 12 and Galaxy Note 20, phones that are teasing, like ROG Phone 3 and OnePlus Nord, and phones that are weirdly not showing up at all, like Galaxy Fold 2 and Pixel 5. Let's get into it. All right, we're gonna go a little out of order here on this one. Usually we do the recap of the previous videos first, but I feel like the videos we're gonna talk about have like a lot more conversation. Yeah, it's gonna be like a big portion of this episode probably. So what we're gonna do is we'll jump into a small little bit of tech news first, and then we'll like really dive into all of that. Yeah, so I think we're gonna talk about streaming wars a little bit, which we've talked about in the past, but let's revisit because there's a lot of stuff that happened. It's like a recurring dream, like a recurring topic. It just comes back up over and over. It's a fun one. And it's like, it's kind of got that drama that we don't get in the tech world a little bit, but like- uh, We don't get that YouTube, beauty YouTube drama, (laughs) but we get get some. Okay. Um, All right. So the first big thing was last time we talked about this, we were talking about Mixer and how they signed Shroud and Ninja. And that was like huge news. Like here's Mixer, someone who's finally going to compete with Twitch. Well, Mixer's gone. They're done for Mixer's gone. They ended that. That news broke in the middle of WWDC. Did you catch that? I literally didn't catch it. You (laughs) told me about it. I was in the middle of a conversation with you about how Mixer just had some, like, a post that came out about how they treat some people not too great and blah, blah, blah. And it looks bad for Mixer. And then you're like, oh, well, Mixer's gone. And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) I... They did. It was beautiful. So sometimes Apple will sort of know when big announcements are coming from companies and then they'll drop their own little small announcement. But because it's Apple, it like dominates the headlines anyway. Mm-hmm. So there's like Google IOs happening. Everyone, Google's giving their biggest announcements on stage and then Apple gives like a small like iOS update and then suddenly everyone's talking about Apple. It's really frustrating. Uh-huh. This was almost the opposite where like everyone's feed for the past hour was just dominated by mm-hmm. here's a new iOS feature. Here's a new Apple thing. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. The whole tech world's got their eyes on this live stream. And then very quietly, there's just like, oh, by the way, Mixer died. Late piece. <laughs> like, quick, just peace out. Like, just a quick little headline. And then more Apple, more Apple. It got buried so fast. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I did I did catch that. But it, yeah. was, uh, it, was, it was quiet. So, like, in the streaming community, the big questions here are Ninja and Shroud just got paid a ton to switch to Mixer, which was kind right. of like a, is it worth the money based on how you're going to lose a ton of... V- concurrent viewers because people aren't on Mixer as much. So now they're in this situation where they probably got a decent portion of that contract, if not all of it, and now they're free to stream wherever. So uh did it why did it not work? Get that like, bag. Why did didn't you, it work? Why didn't Mixer work? I'm actually kind of surprised by it. Um I was 
personally rooting for Mixer. I think Twitch has a lot of issues that they're not really working on at all. Right. Um, and they haven't showed any any type of real change for it. So that's kind of made me upset. But I think ultimately it's just like viewership is on Twitch. And when people are watching live streams, they like to switch between the people they like to watch. Uh-huh. Because like if one person starts getting boring or stops playing a game or plays a game they don't like, they Pop very easily... Yeah, it's like Twitch. literally on the left side of the screen, everyone you follow. So if you're on Mixer, unless the only two people you follow are Twitch and Nin- or uh, Ninja and Shroud, you're switching yes. between sites at that point. Right. Um, right. I guess that little bit of extra friction is too much for people. For some people, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I see. I see Twitch as I obviously don't use it much, but I see it as the YouTube of live streaming. Mm-hmm. And here's what I mean by that: they're they're so dominant in live streaming that even if they do mess up some stuff or or go really late to the party on some features mm-hmm. or or lack slack on some things, people will stay with Twitch anyway because that's where the eyeballs are. And if you want people to just randomly, casually stumble across your live stream, you better be on Twitch. Exactly. Same thing with YouTube. YouTube just did um, an updated policy that they just emailed everyone about where they will be <laughs> enabling mid-rolls for every video over eight minutes long. Yeah. And not just enabling it, but turning it on by default and using AI to choose where it goes. So if you have videos over eight minutes long that don't have mid-rolls mm-hmm. or even over 10 minutes long. Well, yeah. I mean, in the previous, you didn't have mid-rolls on anything eight minutes yeah, long, right? Yeah, exactly. So if you have videos eight to 10 minutes long, they don't have mid-rolls. On, I believe it's July 27th, every one of those videos, by default, unless you opt out, mm-hmm. will immediately have mid-rolls in them. And here's the thing. It's like, that's. I think that's really aggressive. I think it's pretty aggressive. It's a pretty. It's to me. It's like a weird move that YouTube would do that. I know they don't exactly roll in the cash, but like that seems like just a way to start making more money now. Yeah, but it seems also like an easier way to say. Or what they could have done is we are enabling this. If you'd like to take advantage of it, click this one button and opt into all your previous ones. Yeah, and I you'll think, throw it in there. For I think free. they. I think they know no one would click that button. Like some would. Uh, click there that are button, definitely some who would. But, but the imagine majority. the difference of like YouTube default enabling every single eight minute video that's eligible mm-hmm. for monetization for mid rolls how much more money they'll make from that versus letting people check that box maybe hopefully yeah. how many videos on our channel do you think are between eight and ten minutes so didn't Ooh. actually we didn't do mid rolls till very very recently so yeah even listen. all your old 10 minute videos are yeah. gonna I so okay. I uncheck the box. Okay. I am I am not a huge fan of mid rolls, but occasionally there's a good break in like a 15 minute video where it's fine. Mm-hmm. I think I'm gonna guess I've enabled mid rolls on 10 10 to 12 videos ever on the channel. Uh-huh. Um, that being said, th- yeah, there's a lot of eight to 10 minute videos yeah. on the channel where if I didn't go in and uncheck that box manually, I'm sure I would notice a spike in AdSense revenue on the channel. But that would be at the expense of people having to deal with a lot more mid-rolls. Yeah, and let's not assume that the AI is generating the perfect oh, spot for where how. those are coming in. Listen, so. YouTube used to pick thumbnails just based on like a random AI-decided frame, uh-huh. and that didn't even go too great, so I'm not sure how they're going to determine what the best like mid-sentence to, break is in a video for a mid-roll. To get even further from streaming, do you remember when youtube it used to be the exact middle of the video yeah. was the thumbnail oh, and people would add so like one clip in just to get a good thumbnail that, yeah um, oh and that, that was that's another thing is like before they were using ai it was mainly just because people were gaming the system and abusing mm-hmm. it so they introduced their 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 great new invention which is we'll we'll find a a better way to pick a, a spot for a thumbnail but 
we've seen how that went. So I don't know yeah. how mid-rolls are going to work, but on July 27th, if you start seeing a lot of mid-rolls on your favorite creative channels, it's because they didn't even probably know to yeah. uncheck that box, and it's just going to exactly. get enabled by default. Uh, we'll see how that goes. But anyway, yeah. so that's why I see Twitch as like a uh-huh. <laughs> the YouTube of live streaming is because mm-hmm. they can mess up. And what are they going to do? Go to leave to Mixer yeah. for the day? Well, probably not. not. Um, so who are the competitors at this point? Um, everyone from Mixer was told to go to Facebook gaming and that they would help them set up their accounts there and they could keep account names and stuff like that. Was which that like is a suggestion? Pretty much. Like a, I don't a, know if it's even tap. like an official partnership or anything with them. I'm mm-hmm. sure there's something there, but I don't know anyone on Facebook gaming or whatever. I get these like weird live streams showing up on my Facebook feed every once in a while, but I have no clue what any of that is. Um, people are wondering, Ninja and Shroud haven't announced where they're going yet. I think literally as we're recording this right now, Ninja's actually on YouTube streaming with Pewdie- or PewDiePie, right? At the yeah, I think I, I went to my sub box today and I saw that PewDiePie. He's been live streaming all the time, mm-hmm. um, and I saw right at the top of my sub box. I'm subscribed to Ninja on YouTube apparently, so his live stream was right at the was top. Was at the top, and it was his big debut. I'm back to live streaming thing now that Mixer's gone, and it's on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, it's it's weird. We've had a couple Twitch streamers who have done like taken a hiatus or have been banned for a little while, and their comeback streams you see incredible incredible numbers what did what did you say ninja was i i was paying attention to the numbers a little bit i saw pewdiepie has been live streaming a lot he'll average i want to say somewhere between 100 and 150,000 viewers that's very good every single especially not on twitch that's right very good and that's why youtube wanted to work with him on Mm -hmm. like making this a, a an often used feature uh, I saw Ninja's numbers sort of climb. They spiked as he started, which is usually how it goes. I think it got up to 155,000 okay. and yeah. then has been dropping right under 100,000 cents. So he got to, you know, PewDiePie's regular numbers with yeah. his big debut return to live streaming on YouTube. But, you know, I'm sure if that happened on Twitch, that would have been a different sort of story. So, yeah, um, he also that's he has no exclusivity so far. That's just him streaming on YouTube. I don't know if it was so just he, a random one off event or. I don't know if that's what he's going to continue with. He okay. might be waiting for some sort of a contract. He might be in the contract negotiation. Because as far as I know, they probably had some sort of heads up. But like a lot of people, a lot of smaller mixer streamers that I've seen found out about this through the announcement. Okay. Like that's right. They just know all of a sudden like, oh, my website's shutting down that I I wonder if people were streaming of. on Mixer, like watching the <laughs> WWDC <laughs> announcement and just like caught that headline. Just like, wait a second, what? Uh yeah, no, I, I I would, so typically if you're not Ninja, if you're just a live streamer in this mm-hmm. position, Mixer disappears, and you have a choice of where to go live stream now, it's either Twitch or YouTube probably. That'd be my two, uh, yeah. To me, it looks like if you're not Ninja, you try to go somewhere where you can get the eyeballs and really build your mm-hmm. character so that when you do, when it does come time to sign an exclusive, you have some leverage. But if you're already Ninja, you, you, you can just stream wherever you want. Pretty much. It doesn't really matter. You're going to get an offer sometime. Yeah. Or if you even think about with the contracts that now Ninja and Shroud have gotten, they're probably paid pretty well. They could just go to whatever they feel yeah, the most just, comfortable with or whatever they like I mean, they they like for personally. life. So you can yeah. kind of just stream whatever you want to do. Good. good for them. That's yeah. That's amazing. Um, I still, and I still stand with this at the end, I think no matter what platform everyone picks, YouTube wins in the end because the videos that I think get watched the most are the like recap highlight videos, the like video on demand stuff that all of 100%. those Twitch creators just toss on YouTube. Usually they probably have one guy hired to go through the stream, 
pick all the highlights and make a video and always every single twitch streamer has that and they have millions of views so youtube is the video library you know joe rogan's joe rogan's podcast going exclusive to spotify Mm -hmm. i believe they're keeping clips on youtube really yeah like not full ones anymore so the full episode won't be on youtube anymore but clips from it will still be on youtube for discovery and then you can go back and and you know that point that to the spotify episode yeah because that's such a good way to like wonder if you're he interviews so many people you don't know if you're going to necessarily be interested in that but then yeah. if you see a clip that's super interesting you're like oh, oh now i gotta I go watch the rest of it exactly are, so do you YouTube know if they're wins. keeping old episodes on youtube or are they moving everything to spotify mm, good question i think the catalog disappears from youtube of of full episodes and they all go spotify exclusive okay. i think that that's might a lot know, of work yeah, because he was doing, you know, it's a whole video live stream podcast yeah. too. So I'm not exactly sure if they're doing video live stream podcasts on Spotify. I don't think so, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know the details. There's there's actually a lot of rumors going around that Spotify might have some sort of streaming service. I don't know if there's any basis to these. There's mm-hmm. a, a very big Twitch streamer who's gotten banned recently and some of the, there's no, no one knows why. And some of the allegations are he's potentially working with the new streaming platform behind the backs of his contract and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get too into drama, but like Spotify's gotten brought up a couple of times in that. Um so that's that's interesting. But that seems to be around where our streaming the streaming battle war everyone is going. competes, yeah. YouTube probably wins. YouTube wins at the end. So Even far. though Twitch is the Twitch is the biggest, YouTube somehow still wins at the end. Video on demand. Video that's on, how it goes. Yeah. All right. Well I think we want to get right into, <laughs> let's just talk about Apple not putting a charger okay. in the iPhone box. Let's do it. This is what we're all waiting this for. This is I what, think. I mean, this is the headlines and this keeps evolving because there are so many different ways to think about this. The obvious like instant gut response from almost everyone is, yep. what? That's insane. Come on. No, no charger, really? Mm-hmm. They, they need that much more money? They're that greedy? But like there are so many other nuances to pricing and margins and uh, e-waste and efficiency that all go into this rumor uh, that looks more and more every day to be true. So I figure we can break it down, talk about it. You know how I want to do it mm-hmm. is we each take a side. Like let's take okay. a side. One of us will be Apple. The other will be <laughs> the, the, the iPhone buyer. The iPhone buyer. Yeah. Okay. What do you want to be? You want Does to be anyone the... get to be the Android fanboy that just likes to be upset about oh, it? Oh, just no chiming in? Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, th- we'll toss that in at the end. Or well, something. there is a Samsung headline that I'll get to that yeah, might yeah, yeah, bring yeah. that okay, back. Perfect. But how about uh, I'll, I'll be, um, I don't know, do you care? What do you want to be? I kind of lean towards one way. Which one? Well, uh, that's even hard to say. I'll be Apple. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, sounds like you're defending Apple. I'm going to defend Apple okay. here. All and, right. Yeah. So here, the, the main argument, I think, of a, a customer is, wow, that's so greedy. I need a charger. Like, why would you? You can't ship a phone without a charger. Mm-hmm. I need a charger to use a phone. That's like it's like shipping a. I think the the analogy I made in the video is it's like shipping a car without wheels. Yeah. Uh, what do you say to that, Apple? <laughs> what do I say to that? First off, chances are you already have this cable. Mm-hmm. I think that's the the. Easiest way of saying it is you probably have a lightning cable already. Mm-hmm. It is very unlikely that you're buying the iPhone 12 right now and you don't have a lightning cable. Now, I think the distinction is they will still ship the lightning cable. But, oh, but, but not no the brick. brick. Okay. Yeah. Then, then then even more so. Yeah. You have a USB 
something somewhere that you can plug this lightning cable into mm-hmm. and there's no reason for you to have it. Right. Um, Which is like usually true. I actually think that's probably very true about most people buying a brand new iPhone 12. Like if you yeah. think about like their new phones coming out, iPhone 12, 12 Pro, 12 Pro Max, these are going to be, you know, seven, eight, nine hundred thousand dollar phones. Mm-hmm. Like how many people gut instant buying these phones don't have a charger? Exactly. But that being said, okay, so... What about just like the principle of like, look, phones have always shipped with a couple things. They always ship with the paperwork. They always ship with the charger. They always ship with the cable and they always ship with headphones. Whether I have them already or not, I just expect to get that when I spend $1,000 for a phone. Sir, Mr. Apple consumer, (laughs) Uh um, you also used to always have a headphone jack, but I... (laughs) <laughs> I took that away from you a few years ago. And we saw um, how that went. Yeah, but like in all seriousness, another thing like on top of the charger is we now have phone, like we're paying extra money to have phones with wireless chargers. Mm-hmm. So like chances are you're going to go out and buy a wireless charger or even a fast charging brick because Apple's been sending it with their slow charger or just regular chargers. Five so like, yeah. yeah, so you're not even getting the full potential out of your phone by just getting a regular charging brick. Um and then the thing that I'm most passionate about, and this is Andrew, this isn't um, Apple. Okay. I, th- I think one of the things I'm most passionate about in this world is like protecting our world and saving our environment. It's something that's like very, very near and dear to my heart. And I think we're doing a very poor job at it, to be yeah. frank. So like eliminating all the waste that comes into that. And it's not just the waste of like... Most people buying their phone, that charger's going to get thrown in the garbage or it's going to be tossed in their desk drawer or on a shelf next to them. I always wonder about that because I don't really throw them out, but I keep a lot and I just have keep it, but it will get thrown out eventually. eventually. When you move, when you're doing spring cleaning, it's going to get thrown into a box and it's going to get thrown out. So maybe you don't do it right away, but I've definitely grabbed a pile of cables and been like, I need zero of these and toss them in the trash. That's fair. So just... (laughs) In that sense. And it's not even just those, though. It's You mentioned in the video, if a box doesn't have to include a charger or headphones, how much slimmer we can make this box. So you could be cutting waste in half by literally having a box that's half the size. This is this is where I see like the the eyes light up of like there's there could be a team of people at Apple who are in charge of like presumptive PR where like you need to get ahead of the story and sort of frame it. And. I say in the video, like they they could just go at this entirely from the environmental angle Mm -hmm. where every single point will come back to, well, this is more efficient and therefore saves the environment. So we were talking about e-waste and that's that's a fair point. And a a lot of people didn't like that it came from the CEO of Anchor who sells batteries and other chargers. Mm -hmm. But the point is still is still very true where people throw those things out. And if they already have one, and they get one in the box and they throw it out. That's pounds and eventually tons and hundreds of thousands of tons of waste. Mm-hmm. that could be eliminated by not shipping things people don't need. Yeah. So that part, you know, debatable whether you throw them out or not, but that's true. Then the other part is, okay, now that they're not putting a charger in the box, the box gets that much smaller. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot smaller. That's one of the biggest things in the box. Mm-hmm. So you just have like the cable and the phone and the paperwork basically. Yep. And you put that in a in a crate, you can fit that much more iPhone boxes in a crate and then you can fit that much more phones in the crates on the plane you're probably thinking like 30 percent more phones in the bottom of a plane i don't know how many thousand they're shipping at a time but 
you're saving now you can say you're saving, you're saving jet yeah. fuel you're saving mm-hmm. like cargo boat cargo fuel like all this stuff comes back to the environment where you're actually being more efficient even yeah. the back of the ups truck on iphone day when you talk to our ups guy where he's stressed as hell yeah, yeah. in september because he's delivering a million iphones yeah. like he's gonna have an easier time delivering more phones because more of them fit in the box so I don't know. I think that's the angle that they all come it's back to. It's an angle. I think ultimately this argument, you're either mad at Apple or you're happy with Apple. And I don't think that comes down to, I need a charger in my box. I think that comes down to, I think Apple is being greedy and looking at profit margins, or I think Apple is taking the correct step and going towards environmentally friendly. You're either, you don't trust them and you're angry or you mm-hmm. do trust them and you're happy. And it's, to be honest, it's probably both. Yeah. They're probably they're both legit super points. pumped they're going to be <laughs> having great profit margins cuz I I'm sure we'll talk about it in a second or do we think they're going to cheapen the price? That's the that's the last big I, point is I don't. Yeah. I, I don't think the price changes at all. It's tough because you would think if anyone can get away with this it's probably Apple. Mm-hmm. And do does a company like Apple have to reduce the price of the iPhone to get away with not giving you a charger? And I don't think the answer is yes. No. I think they can just sell it at a thousand dollars again. I also think to your point, you were trying to like subtract what headphones and uh and, and the head, charging brick would be. Yeah. yeah. Um that's all but you have to think of those prices you're taking are also including their own packaging and their own everything, whereas they don't have all that when they're just in the box of that. So you're yeah. looking at maybe saving like, I would honestly say ten bucks. It's on not it. a lot. It's yeah. not enough to change the actual price of it at all. Yeah. To anything meaningful, I I don't think it, the actual price will change. Um, so that just turns into money Apple saves, huh? Yeah. So that just turns into bigger profit margins. Of for course, you, huh? yeah. I, I oh mm. for me. Oh, yeah. we're back to this. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna make a ton of money, and all you Apple people are gonna pay for it and never get to charge your phone. The thing is, there's also. A lot more rumors about more expensive components in the iPhone because this is the the first year of a 5G iPhone potentially. Yeah. This is the first year of a higher refresh rate iPhone potentially. Um, and I think mostly those 5G modems, you're, you're starting to look at like, okay, these cost a little bit more. Do we want to be the company that bumps the price of the phone up for the 5G version? Or do we just have them all be the same price and they all have 5G? And we kind of brag a little bit about that on stage. And then later everyone realizes there's no charger in the box, but hey, at least we got a 5G <laughs> phone for the same price. I think it's kind of some of that too. I I also I agree with you in the video where you say you don't think they'll just ignore it. Uh, right. They can they're either... gonna, I think they're going to mention it. Yeah. <laughs> and they're going to mention it in an environmentally friendly right, standpoint because right. that's, like you said, the best PR way of doing it. And once again, you can be doing things that are helpful, but that are also for personal gain. And I think that's kind of this this in-between route, which is way boring because it's way more fun to just yeah, yeah have some drama and be really mad at somebody I mean, because everyone, they're greedy or be really happy because they're helping the world. But Look, it's really easy to hate on the easy, evil character that is Apple that <laughs> is just greedy for margins and sells things for a million bucks. And, and we, we see that all the time. Yeah. But I think... I think the best analogy for this, and I, mm-hmm. I really am sticking to this. Some people wanted to tear it down, but I want to go back to it, is this is like selling uh, like a DSLR without the lens. Mm-hmm. And now if you look back, okay, selling a DSLR without the lens, you need a lens to f- to have a DSLR function and take, take any pictures. pictures. Yeah. If I spend $500 on a Canon 60D or whatever I buy, and I get it out the box, I cannot use it until I put a lens on it, right? A lot of people were looking up, wait, if I go on Amazon right now and I just look up 
DSLRs, or if I look up Canon DSLRs or something mm-hmm. like that, they all come with lenses. But to that, I say all, almost all of those that you're looking at when you're just searching on Amazon for DSLRs are all the entry level. Think like iPhone SE, like mid t- mid tier, lower tier price in the DSLR world. And so those all come with a discounted starter lens. Yeah. We call it a kit lens, mm-hmm. an 18 to 35, an 18 to 135, or something like that. And it's not a great lens, but look, it's it gets you started. It's functional. Now you can take pictures out the box. Yeah. People buying those don't have a lens already. But an iPhone, like an iPhone 12 or an iPhone 12 Pro, you're talking a $1,000 phone. These are the upper tier, like the high-end phones. It's literally that, more expensive than the DSLR analogy. Exactly. Here. So they're, they're we're much more expensive. So if you look at an equivalent higher-end DSLR, get into, uh, I don't know, Canon 5D. Mm-hmm. Never comes with a lens. Never comes with a lens. And that's because people buying a $2,000 Canon 5D at the upper end already know what lenses they actually want to use with it, Mm -hmm. probably already have the lenses they want to use with it. Kind of the same way someone buying a $1,000 iPhone already has a a fast charger, a wireless charger, whatever it is. And they're not mad that they're getting gypped about spending $2,000 on a DSLR and not getting a lens out of principle. It's like, mm-hmm. that's not something I was going to use. Honestly, they might have thrown it away. Honestly, <laughs> if someone buying a 5D got an 18-35 to F4, probably isn't going to use that yeah. lens for what they're buying a 5D for. So it kind of falls in the same... I think that's a good analogy. In my it's opinion. a great analogy, yeah, yeah. So we're out here obviously making the case that Apple should just put the charger in the box. How hard could it be? Um, but I'm sure someone in Apple's eyes lit up when they realized, hey, we can we can get some of those profit margins from 5G modems back by not shipping a charger in the or a, a charger brick in the box, and we have all these great environmental reasons and impacts for doing so. And honestly, if people want a charger, maybe we'll just give them a, like a, a cheaper charger, a discount if you want to buy a five watt charger. Yeah. But we're still gonna sell like a a fast charger for way too much money, and people will buy <laughs> it too. So that's where we're at. It kind of makes me think about um we've seen a lot of commercials lately about like i'm just gonna compare this to i'm sure you've seen on tv commercials that have to do with like covid or something like we support yeah yeah Yeah. my way of thinking about those is like this is a commercial that is clearly to look good for your company and it's a commercial it's supposed to sell your company but if you end that commercial with that's why we're donating x amount of money to x charity to help fight this Mm. I'm completely okay with you making personal gain off of something that in turn is still going to help someone. Right. So like, even if the motives weren't completely uh, pure, I'm fine with that because it's going to help something in the end. So Apple is going to increase its profit margins, but it also is, whether you like it or not, going to reduce waste. And I Slight think that's tangent. great. One of, my, one of my least favorite things mm-hmm. is like Twitter donation shaming. When people will go, you know, and like yeah, yeah. everyone, obviously people are making these big donations to help fight COVID and help fight yeah. diseases. And so, you know, there'll be like a, a $10 million donation from some billionaire. And you always see tweets like, man, he's got billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Why doesn't he donate more? That's not enough. Look at this guy. He's got, a, he's got $10 billion and he only donated. That's like me donating 25 cents. It's like, dude. You're really getting mad at $10 million going towards this incredibly good cause. I don't really care if it's a PR move. That's a great use of $10 million. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anyway, that's off. That's maybe like a side tangent. 
I'll just uh, just drop that in that there. That can definitely go deeper. That is just the very, yeah. very tip of that. The tip of that iceberg. We're, Anytime, this is, I, we're just saying donations are it. great. Yeah. yeah donations are great whether they're... I have no problem with a $10 million donation to a good cause. Mm-hmm. No matter, almost almost inconsequential to why they're making the donation. Yeah. Unless you like had to like murder some. I don't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> go ahead and make that donation is what I'm trying to say. Um, yeah, is there so, anything else we had on this? That's, I mean, I added one more point at the end, which is something I've seen in, in some comments, which is how is Apple, which is, you know, pretty concerned usually about user experience and, and battery safety and health of the phone. Mm-hmm. How is Apple going to ensure that customers are using safe chargers? Because you can imagine in a world where Apple stops shipping a charger with the iPhone, the eyes of all of these third-party companies lighting up and feasting and racing to the bottom to give you the, the the cheapest charger they can put in the Apple store or in a store in front of you mm-hmm. where, oh crap, you don't have a charger? Just grab ours. It's five bucks. Carrier stores are going to eat this up. There's oh, going to be a lot case, of you need this. It's right next to the upsell. iPhone in the store. Oh, yeah. yeah, right next to the iPhone in the store. You're going to walk into a Verizon store and what, what's next to the iPhone? The cases and now these $5 chargers. Uh-huh. How does Apple justify like, Okay, usually we're selling like the one that's made for the iPhone. It was a slow charger, but at least we know it would work until it fell apart. Until it fell apart. Until that's the other apart. thing is they did not hold up very yeah, well. They weren't great for durability. But like, how is Apple going to ensure customers use a safe charger at least for their phone? Uh, and I don't really have a good answer. I feel like you, you kind of just have to give them the option to buy the ones you were going to give in the box anyway and, and make it cheap. Give them and that compelling. option or like... I don't think there are that many options out there that I would find are truly like unsafe for a phone. Yeah, it just com- it's it's weird because like you think of Apple, you're like they they go to like the next level. Like they don't even let you open the back of the phone. They're so obsessed mm-hmm. with like nobody can mess with this user experience. It's the perfectly dialed, crafted thing. We will vault down the CPU so it doesn't harm your battery. Like battery tech is all about. But they're also a, a company who included fast charging but not a fast charger so they assumed you were going to buy a safe fast charger anyways and they're also a company that has wireless charging but doesn't sell a wireless charger that's right? a great point yeah so <laughs> they, they, they do i guess offer that. The, it's not much different to be honest huh. i don't think there are enough unsafe slow chargers out there for them to be worried about that they're so cheap already that even the like cheapest companies out there the they're probably totally fine. Yeah, and they'll probably still not fall apart as fast as Apple's chargers. <laughs> so that's probably fine. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm sticking with that DSLR analogy. Uh, yeah, I like that. What's funny is from the time this we wrote this to the time we started recording this, I literally had a script in here that said, how long until other companies follow suit? Who do you think will be the first to follow? And we don't even get to make that guess. Yeah, because but we knew. On the way in here, uh, an article comes out that says Samsung potentially releasing this year, I believe. Uh, next year. Next year. Okay. So there's reports that Samsung that still could be within a few months in 2021. Yeah, yeah. Will will not have a charger in the box. So before we had stuff like the headphone jack, people followed suit, but that was after they spent a year making fun of Apple, and then another year before they took it away. Are we just gonna skip the year of making fun of Apple on this one? We haven't even gotten to the official announcement from <laughs> apple it's a rumor and there's already companies and i'm yeah. sure they're not copying so much but well i mean this is the type of like far and advanced supply chain stuff where you you have to make that decision mm-hmm. months before the phone comes out so we're how many months from september now july august september three months four months till the iphone's going to come out um 
we're also three or four months from maybe we're going to see, not three or four months, but you know, there's phones coming out in like early next year for Samsung Galaxy yeah. S series in March where they're making those types of decisions now. And this is reportedly one of the things they're at least considering. Mm-hmm. Um, does that probably lower the chances that they do a smear campaign or like do an entire I commercial mean, yes. on how dumb it is? Yeah. I think Samsung's less likely to do that commercial. But hey, there's going to be headlines, and I think someone's going to make fun of them and then flip. So who? Okay, new question. Who makes fun of Which them? Which company makes fun of Apple and then flips and also ships their phone without a charger? So who are the the only companies that have done that in the past? Are Samsung and Google, right? Google's done that with the headphone jack. With the headphone jack, and Samsung yeah. made fun of the notch for a while, which they never got the notch. So I guess that's a little different. Yeah. But didn't they make fun of like, like, uh? They make fun of like IP ratings and because isn't that one commercial where he switches to his he gets his Samsung and he like falls in the water and his yeah they've done a bunch breaks. they did the headphone jack because they had like a guy on a Galaxy Note next to this girl who just okay yeah so they have done it yeah they've jack made also. fun of a bunch okay, of so they um I don't really think anyone I don't think anyone will make fun I think they realized how poorly that worked out for them in the past and I think it's one plus. You think it's OnePlus? <laughs> OnePlus one seems like they do like a way more subtle jab, not like a, a full-blown commercial with a guy with a notch right. haircut. Yeah, they're gonna like have that, they're yeah. gonna have like an on-stage moment where they're like, you know what else comes in the box? A charger. And then the audience okay, chuckles and go. tweets well, yeah, about it. I actually wanted to say that OnePlus is one of the companies that I think will either either never or last be one of the last to not include a charger in the box because it's like almost iconic for their box their warp charger is pretty important to their phone so that that Mm -hmm. actually is probably not going to be as quick yeah Um, i don't see that happening that's actually you know it's kind of funny is so many of of the other companies who really pride their fast charging and have like gone to the point where they name it like oppo and their vuk charging and like all these other phones Mm -hmm. huawei they ship with the fast charger because that charger is an important part of why the charging experience is good on that phone i feel like they can't not ship that charger especially because it's such a big feature on the phone yeah OnePlus, you might be able to make the argument that they finally moved to wireless charging and now like and they ha- maybe if they go full-blown into that it's going to be a little different because no one i don't think will ever include a wireless charger in, in, the, the, box? in the box oh yeah no that that'll be that'll be I a mean, maybe in step. like 2080 or something like that <laughs> we'll get to that point um but i can't see a wireless charger being in a box in our lifetime so maybe the question is who cares the least about their charger, like LG or something? Like who really who would who would throw a jab at Apple and then realizes, wait, our charger's not that special and we also like making high end phones with big margins. <laughs> LG doesn't make high end phones with big margins, so <laughs> it could be someone else. But. I'm I'm honestly not totally sure. I yeah. don't think I have a good guess for that. Hmm. I because I think my guess is nobody, but that's such a lame answer that I don't wanna admit. I guess then maybe the real answer is Samsung will actually throw a jab, even and though they're also four planning months on later. immediately <laughs> flipping and not shipping a charger. That might be your best guess. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll talk more about Samsung in a bit. All right. We've, we've gone for a while. Let's take a quick break and then we'll come back. We'll talk about iPhone 12 stuff and just the rest of smartphone season we're about to get into. Yep. Be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling 
wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Support for this show comes from NetSuite, and that's exactly what NetSuite provides, support. What they really provide is support where you need it because no one needs help where they don't need it. So NetSuite wants to provide you with products and services that are tailor-made for your business. Help where you need it. NetSuite is a top-rated cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessible from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all of your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math, see how you'll profit with NetSuite. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended their one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks, so head to netsuite.com slash waveform. That's netsuite.com slash waveform, netsuite.com slash waveform. Support for this episode of Waveform comes from Gigabyte. There's a lot of talk out there about how AI is revolutionizing our world. Computers are writing newsletters, robotic bees are pollinating flowers, and a whole new wave of driverless taxis are popping up in cities all over the world. But how can AI power our passions and what we do for fun? That's where Gigabyte's AI gaming laptops come in. So their range of powerful and portable new laptops deliver cutting edge performance for anyone looking to explore the brave new world of AI powered gaming. So every 2024 Aorus machine comes equipped with the Gigabyte AI Nexus, which is like a central hub located with all the AI powered features you could hope for. So that includes super useful tools like AI Power Gear, which automatically throttles and extends your computer's battery life depending on your power source and usage. You'll also get access to AI Boost, which optimizes performance based on what you're doing in that moment, whether you're ripping through an FPS or running your own large language model. AI Boost automatically adjusts the GPU and processors to maximize responsiveness and deliver unparalleled efficiency. Lastly, AI Generator includes various generative AI apps for quick startup, and all 2024 Gigabyte models seamlessly integrate with tools like OpenAI and Microsoft's Copilot AI chatbot. But the Aorus 16X and the Gigabyte G6X take it to the next level with a dedicated Copilot key, allowing users to swiftly tap into productivity and generative AI capabilities. I also keep hearing AI is gonna change a lot in the gaming world. Andrew, can you think of anything about that? Not just optimization, like you said, but like more personal optimization I could see happening where like maybe you're playing a competitive game like Valorant and you want higher FPS and lower resolution, like you're okay versus like The Witcher where you might want 4K crispy resolution and like a lower frame rate. I think finding that between your computer specs and what you want might help out a lot. Nice. So all of the models that I've been talking about are available right now at oris.com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. So that's A-O-R-U-S dot com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. Gigabyte, team up, fight on. All right, welcome back. So we got a bunch of smartphones coming out right around the corner. Mm -hmm. It's July right now. We're fully expecting not just the iPhone in September, but we got some Samsung stuff, some Android stuff, some Asus, some Pixel, maybe. Well, we're going to talk about all yeah, of this. We've got a lot. But since we did a video on the iPhone 12 models, I figure we'll start with that. Yeah. Now, you're it. in the studio here mm-hmm. for the podcast, but you haven't seen these models yet. I did the Just video. Just the video. Yeah, that's all I've seen. So I'm holding them right now. I'm going to hand 
them to you. Before we do this, can we just say <laughs> Michael, our motion graphics guy? Incredible. Holy cow. Incredible. If you guys watch this video, everything looks real. He is absolutely amazing. I'm sure that video will be clipped out and used for a bunch of things without your permission because it's so good. 100%. And it's yeah. the only thing that looks like a real iPhone 12 right now, but Michael, a round of applause. He, oh yeah. my God, he's, he's incredible. But yeah. And I, as I, usual, I he pulled it. that off in like seven hours. <laughs> he's so, insane. Yeah. It's, it's really impressive. So if you, if you haven't watched that video yet, check it out. We're going over essentially the, the model, the dummy models that come out of the iPhone that are like sort of pseudo-realistic based on leaked CAD renders for case They've always been very accurate. Typically, yeah, pretty accurate, and which is why they're interesting to look at several months before the phone comes out as we talk about these things. Uh, and we got three of them here. Okay. So the iPhone 12, the, the small one, the iPhone 12 Pro is the medium-sized one. Uh-huh. And then the iPhone 12 Pro Max is the big dog. Okay, so can I request what order I see them in? Sure. Can I see the Pros first? I'm most excited for the, the 12. The tiny one? Okay. But like I want to have a, a regular size kind of in my hand first. So, so. let me hand you the tw the the standard iPhone okay. 12 Pro. Perfect. Here you go. First thoughts and reactions. It's, I mean, I like that size. Hold on. My Pixel. You're using a Pixel I have a 4. Pixel XL, Pixel 4 XL. Okay. It's smaller, but like what's crazy is the screen size is almost, it literally lines up to that terrible The bottom forehead. of the bathtub, yeah. That's so funny. Um, wow, I like this size a lot. The the edges are fantastic. So that's a, I like that so much. I've like I didn't get to experience the iPhone four and the iPhone five. Yeah, and flat that, edges, like, flat edge. This feels underrated. Wonderful. So oh, when yeah. I talk about this whole thing in the video, a lot of what I go back to on stuff that's new that we're expecting or at least hoping for for this iPhone goes back to iPad Pro. Actually, mm -hmm. I did that for the video. I yeah, it. I saw. You it, just yeah. stood it up on its edge just to make sure. Uh, yeah, so so the iPad Pro's got those squared off sides. iPhone 12 expected to have that that design language also. Squared off sides. Love that. And that's like, you hold the iPhone and you, you probably have a case on it and you don't think about it too much, but trust me as someone who doesn't have a case on the phone and just generally cares about that like secure yeah. feeling in the hand, it makes a big difference. So that's pretty sweet. Uh, you do have a very similar camera system on the back. Uh, they're pretty thin. Now we we've seen uh we've seen Zach snap the iPad in half, so I don't I don't think oh, we're gonna have that no. same problem, but they probably should Could reinforce them a little yeah. bit. Uh to avoid Ben Gate, you know. But generally I think they look pretty good. It looks great. Um there's always like some little things that are in these that won't make it to the the final like yeah. do you think this black edge between the like I'm the so flat silver end and the, the glass back? So I'm curious about that. I actually like it. And this is why it reminds me more of the, I said in the video, yeah, of yeah, the yeah. iPhone 4 than the iPhone 5, yeah. because the iPhone 5 turned that into chamfered edges, okay. so it was one unibody piece of metal, where this is metal rails, but then glass, glass front, glass back, okay. and has like a very clear division. I kind of like it like that. I, it doesn't feel as Apple to me, with it being the like two different colors. As much as I kind of like the contrast, yeah, I the colors, feel like I, don't know I would, yeah. They would just ha like to have the rails, the silver rails, and uh, right. Um, so other me, than that, I like it. This extra button you talked about. Yeah, I was gonna go over that too because okay. that's a question. That's a big question mark. That's a big. I'm just saying, as of right now, if this is a dedicated camera button, I don't like the position it's in because I'm so used to using my right finger as pressing a it's, camera button. As soon I as I hand you the big the one, side. you'll know it's not a dedicated camera okay. button because okay. this this big one has the same 
button in a different place. Okay. So Let's... I'm gonna hand you the the big boy. So you're holding. I just want to say the screen size of that of uh-huh. the standard iPhone 12 Pro. That's about a 6.2 inch screen. Okay. So I'm gonna hand you the big boy, the 12 Pro Max, mm. something like a 6.7 inch screen on an iPhone. Yeah, Check that massive. out. Massive. That is a big phone. This is about the same size as my Pixel 4 XL with a case on it. Yeah. I mean, much thinner, obviously, but. Something about that having that bigger screen, though, also makes the notch, even if it's the same size, feel a little bit smaller because it's less of an interruption of that big screen. Something I noticed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, we also don't know. You know, it like literally looks smaller when you look next to them. But, yeah. but like you said, does, we don't know if that notch is, is yeah they've always been kind of weird it. with that um because yeah. like the bezels in the first iphone 10 model we got were like a completely different cut co- they were white i think yeah it can't so, trust the colors yeah uh yeah this is massive the buttons in a, the extra buttons in a different place there's another one and there's this c and now I doubt this is it and this is a model so there's like nothing about it but doesn't this look a ton like the Razer fingerprint scanner or like the next bit Robin same thing the, the yeah, fingerprint the yeah, yeah same design the like side fingerprint sensor so, okay, or even the um 10 S10e a Galaxy S10e yeah, a bunch of phones to put te- it there that would be a terrible place to put it I so here's there's a couple things that this could be so what we're talking about is if you hold this iPhone you have the volume button rockers on the left hand side the mm-hmm. mute switch is still there if you're looking at the left hand side of the phone yep. on the right hand side near the top is the power button now if you go down from that power button on the right hand side like halfway down the phone there's another cutout now this could be like an inconsistency with just where they cut out the SIM card tray mm-hmm. But a lot of people are reading into this being in the CAD renders as being like, is this a smart connector? Is this something radio related for 5G? Is this like a magnetic charging pin connector for when they go portless? They're just going to introduce it in this phone uh, for a faster charging. It's really, it's up, it's, you know, here's what it reminded me of. And it was too late to put it in the video. But I remember I had an old, I think it was a Nexus 10 tablet. Mm-hmm. And the Nexus 10 had, the only way you could charge it was not by plugging it in via USB, but it had this magnetic like six pin charger at the bottom to fast charge a Sounds big like battery. Sounds like that like Surface laptop. Yeah. Yeah. So so you can still use in the Surface laptop, you can use USB 3, USB type C to charge it, mm-hmm. but you get much faster charging out of that special six pin port. And I kind of imagined Apple going, all right, we're gonna ship a portless iPhone next year. So this year, We'll get people used to that idea where we have a far superior charging solution with this this port on the side of the expensive iPhone. Now you can still plug it in with a good old fashioned cable, but you won't want to because of how the fast charger. I, I see two problems with that. Okay. My first one is if they're getting you ready for a portless iPhone, why are they adding a new port to well, it? Well, it's not a port. So it's, imagine like a it's a port, it looks, but it's like a but it's not an opening. You know what I mean? Okay. It's like the that's magnetic like super semantics on. But that's what Apple is doing though. Okay. They're they're really just getting into like a speaker is still a port, right? You need a speaker on a phone and they they can't get rid of okay. the earpiece unless they okay. go like piezoelectric or whatever. So they're going to have openings on the phone, but they don't want the port for whatever reason. So switching to that magnetic like snap on like MagSafe. Uh-huh. It's not an opening, but imagine if the MagSafe thing just like slapped onto the side in a designated area, the way the Apple Pencil slaps onto the side of the iPad, like that. Yeah. And I, I kind of thought that that could happen. 
I would vote or not vote. I would not think that mainly because wireless charging also like that just seems like the for sure it would have to charge at like insane speeds to to have this uh, well okay and then hear out my other point and why i don't think that sure. is we literally just talked for 25 minutes about why they're not putting charges in a box right. so you're gonna have to buy this first party but if how much are regular charging oh regular but apple s- would do that though they would 79. be like 99 exactly like, yeah okay. listen yeah, you can go get you goes can, into your theory <laughs> yeah you can go get like a, a basic cable charger like the Here's, old days but if you want like the nice charging experience and you know people love hearing this from apple if you want the nice thing we made <laughs> you can go to our apple store and for 80 bucks buy the really nice magnetic charger with the expensive iphone and everyone will know you have the expensive iphone because you got the one with the magnetic thing I can just, I, I'm really okay. playing this out in my head, and I think here's, they could do this. Here's what I can say if all of this plays out. If they don't include chargers, if they include this $80 fast charger you're talking about, then mm-hmm. I can say with almost pure confidence that Apple only cares about profit margins <laughs> and doesn't give a damn about the environment. No, they're still not going to ship. They're, they're still saving I, money. I'm still, And then I'm saying that the environment's their PR thing, which I'm still happy about, oh, like I said previously, yeah. but they profit margins are Look, there. Look, we, we know if it's If that a, scenario plays out. We know Apple doesn't actually genuinely need to care a lot about the environment. Like we, I mentioned this in the video, like they would support user repair much better yeah. if they didn't want people to have to replace whole parts in the iPhone. They would uh they would just go USB Type C if they didn't want to have thousands and That's, thousands. That of is other a great cables. point that we didn't talk about, and now we're wrecking this segment with. But yeah, they should have went USB C. Obviously, yeah. Um, the fact that they haven't went USB C makes me think more along the lines of that it will be a portless iPhone soon because maybe they're just like, eh, we're so close to that, we're not going to toss C in there. Yeah, why why throw the whole thing out of whack with like one year to go before portless? So you know what? Uh, That's going to be my unofficial prediction. If this... That's a wild prediction. If this turns out to not be the SIM card tray, (laughs) then my my prediction (laughs) is... It's going to be so boring. I know. It's just going to be the SIM card tray. But if this this extra cutout... Because there's one on each side. Yeah. Okay. It turns out to be something. One of these is going to be something like that. Then I think it's... The it's, one under volume looks more like a SIM card cutout to me. It does. Than this one. This one looks too big on the Max. Whereas... So that would be the SIM card cutout on yeah. the regular Pro. And weirdly, not it's not on the smaller phone, but I think it, it would just be in the same place. All right, let's see. So, well, one more thing. So I just want to okay. say the, the two versions of this prediction. One, my bold prediction, this is a magnetic fast charger that Apple will sell separately that will prepare everyone for the idea of a portless iPhone. Okay. But the actual thought, the more realistic prediction, is this is probably a window for 5G radios to go through the side of a metal phone faster mm. probably maybe we'll see okay that'd be that would be interesting also so you're saying it's like an extra space that millimeter wave or something can yeah. not be affected with so then it feels like just judging on the five the millimeter wave stuff we did in rhode island is like okay i have to point my phone with this part towards the millimeter wave it wouldn't shock tower. me if only the big iphone supported millimeter wave and if uh if most, if all the five G support on most of the iPhones was mid band and low band five G, have we had like an official rumor or like anything that next iPhone definitely has five G? Uh, it rumor it varies with uh, refresh rate. So those two rumors about refresh rate and five G are remarkably difficult to predict about which phone will have what. You could okay. say, look, all of the phones will support five G like the Apple way, where they all support five G the same great way, or 
you could say, all right, the cheaper iPhone 12 will support low and mid-band 5G. And then the, the 12 Pro and 12 Pro Max will also support millimeter wave. Okay. Or maybe the battery is still too small in that 12 Pro, and they only do millimeter wave in the biggest 12 Pro Max, and that's where they have a big enough battery and a big enough phone where they can do that extra radio, and they have a little cutout in the side where the, the bandwidth can go through faster and better. That's the the general basic prediction. I think I still stand on, and this isn't based off of really anything. <laughs> I w- my bold prediction is Apple still doesn't do 5G this year. What? At all? In any iPhone? I feel like this is just such a big year with a design change and everything. It's not like a selling point that they even need, and it's not... Mm. Yeah, but the thing is, people have iPhones for like five straight years. Ah, uh, yeah. And if you're going to have an iPhone... This is probably the exact same conversation we had last time I said this. Yeah, which, like people are going to have yeah. an iPhone 12 in 2025. Yeah, I guess they have to make it capable whether yeah. they're not they're not pushing it now. Right. Okay, I take that back. So yeah, I, Mostly I to like, not sound like an idiot because I feel like <laughs> one right now. It's probably going to have 5G. But here, I'll hand you the smaller... Okay. Yeah. This is the smallest, the 5.4-inch iPhone 12 that will probably start somewhere around 700 bucks again, 650. Yeah. This is what this is what the 11 should have That's been. That's a nice year. compact little phone right there. This is a right great size. This is what I think we underestimate how much people want phone sizes like this again. It's, I yeah. It's tough because typically when you read into what does a customer want, the answer is usually give me bigger. Give me a bigger screen. Give me a bigger battery. Give me bigger. Give me more for the money. I think there's obviously like pros to that. And I think us as enthusiasts see that way more because we're generally mingling with other enthusiasts who want something big. Mm-hmm. And I also think it's really big for people who have like vision troubles and stuff like that. Like being able to blow font size up on your phone to be able to really read it without having any issues and, and be able to type on it is is super beneficial. But I think the average consumer, and I'm talking about like not in this tech bubble at all, would much rather have something like this. I know, I mean, our friend Grover is very, very adamant about wanting a small phone. He is not happy with his 10S Isn't he like not upgrading because they're all big? He got a 10S because he just had to, but he didn't want to at all. And like, he would love this size. This is smaller than the 10S. It's smaller than the new SE, and it's it's a little bit smaller uh, it's smaller than the previous iPhone uh, 11. I, I so. think this is like the epitome of a consumer phone of like, I'm walking, well, SE price might beat it out, but like. Yeah, this is this is entry this level is premium cre- where yeah. like you, everyone knows the iPhone SE for 400 bucks is a great, it's a much better deal. Uh-huh. But when you get to like, okay, you want 4K video, you want you know, a second camera, for example, that has the little right on the back. Yeah. You want face ID instead of a home button. You want that full like iPhone with a notch look. Yep. You get up to the premium and then you stop there. That's that phone. And you're not going I to the next level 5G really well. or anything crazy. That here, actually, that's a good segue to also the, the one other feature I want to go back to, which is higher refresh rate. Yeah. Um, it's also kind of tough to nail down what would they do about higher refresh rate because I could easily see that iPhone 12, that small phone, mm-hmm. not having a higher refresh rate either. Right? So only the Pro models have it? Maybe even only the bigger Pro model. Because That you think would about, annoy me. That would annoy me too. That would make me mad. That you would... would think Pro, Pro Motion, put mm-hmm. it in the Pro phone, right? That would make me upset similarly to how last year the Note 10 had like 
the two different sizes but were completely different specs on everything yeah, like weirdly. i wanted to just have two size options when i'm thinking when it's the same exact name grabbing the two wrong phones here when it's the same name the only difference is one is like max or plus or ultra mm-hmm. oh, maybe ultra's a little different but like the bigger that one. just means it's saying the size is a little different and the only benefits i think you should get out of that is a bigger screen and ultimately a bigger battery that's going to average out to about probably the same screen on time because it has to deal with the bigger screen yeah so here's what i'll say apple typically uh-huh. is the best company at uh parity in their lineup so when they have a, an iphone and an iphone plus it's usually all the same except just bigger uh where we've i've complained yeah the button this is <laughs> a, button it's not very well okay. built <laughs> But uh, when, when you talked about the Galaxy Note, like that happens a lot where they'll be yeah. like, oh, one or two extra gigs of RAM on the big one too. Oh, I didn't notice that. Or, oh, there's like a, a weird quirk where there's an extra like camera on the bigger phone or something like that. Apple's typically pretty good at not doing that. And so that's why I, I think I expect to see high refresh rate either on both pros or neither. Um, but there's some really compelling arguments for battery where unless Apple can figure out some sort of variable refresh rate where they really can get the most out of battery for a 120 hertz phone, they, they probably wouldn't want to put a 120 hertz display on a, a regular sized iPhone. I mean, I don't, I don't see Apple going for a high refresh rate unless they have perfected it, which I would include a variable refresh rate to it. Yeah. make it more efficient like so that's they, just something apple wouldn't do what they did with the apple watch with was i think like probably a, a really good step towards that which I, i'm not gonna remember the name let me google the name real quick i know what you're talking about it's where it goes to basically like one frame a second just to keep up with the second hand pretty much right exactly yeah. so the the variable refresh rate it's called an L, ltpo display and i don't i don't remember exactly what that stands for but <laughs> The technology allows it to throttle way all the way down to one hertz refresh rate when you're not looking at it. You raise it up and it goes to 60 hertz and you see it spinning. Um, They probably would want a technology of that capability, something like that, in the regular size iPhone in order to justify not crushing the battery by going 120 hertz all the time. iPad Pro has a variable refresh rate, but it's also a huge battery. It doesn't need to sip as much. So Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Interesting. I hope it comes with 120 hertz and I could totally see not having the 12, but just the pro models having it. And that makes perfect sense. I would be super surprised if one pro had higher fresh and one didn't. Yeah. That would be, that would be unusual. I think yeah. so. I'm, I'm fingers crossed for both have higher fresh rate and both have five. All of them have if, 5g. If the two pro models have higher fresh rate and the 12 doesn't, do you think there's going to be a larger price gap between them? Because before it was mostly like, the biggest difference you're getting between them is the extra camera, right? Right. Uh, so it was a, it was also the display. So okay, you go yeah, from yeah. LCD to AMOLED. Uh, okay, so I guess you could possibly just be lumping in higher refresh rate as like the yeah, improved display. Premium display. Okay, I think maybe you'll not still have the same price stratification. I just love how big the big iPhone is. <laughs> That's a it's big It's funny because I love how small the small one yeah. is. Yeah, so um, there you go. They're they're really stratifying a little more. Put put the tiny iPhone on the on, huge iPhone. Yeah, that's the that's very great. Funny. That's a great <laughs> disparity is, to me. This is literally the three bears from Goldilocks. Yeah, it's pretty serious. <laughs> so anyway, there's a lot to look forward to. And again, we'll we'll continue seeing all these rumors and things evolve for the iPhone 12. But if you want to check out the models, we did a video on those. We talked about the animations. Check that out. Oh wait, one more thing. Yeah, there's 
some lines in the iOS 14 code that talked about the new iPhone possibly having 4K 240 frames per second. That's right. That's right. I Apple Silicon. I, I don't know. I don't know about that one. Well, you don't That's, believe it? 4K at 240? What is, I guess, um, I guess Super Slow-Mo is what, like 960? That's when they usually dump it down to like. So, yeah, if you're talking like just iPhones of the past, they've typically done 1080p. What's the highest they've done at 4K? 1080p. Uh, 4K 60 is the highest they've done. That but it's been like 4K 60 jump. for years, though. Yeah. Now, if you look at something like the RX 100, they're doing 960 FPS at a really low resolution for a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm well, curious. Well, phones are doing that also, right? Like the yeah. Note 10, I think, had. 960 at like 720 or something like that exactly so i wouldn't be shocked to see apple pull off a slow-mo mode that's some sort of sampled 4k at 240 fps it might not be the whole sensor it might not be Mm. as long of a duration but i could see them doing 4k 240 uh i just i think that's purely apple just flexing like they they really control the entire image processing pipeline in that phone yeah. from the silicon to the sensor right to the to the software so they can probably pull that off i think that's that's nutty if you are looking forward to that if it comes out you best buy that that yeah. high storage option yeah get that terabyte <laughs> model whatever that that's like a $2000 phone we're talking about right now but yeah. that's 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 exciting to me i think they're going to do it um but look, there's other phones we're expecting to come out later this year too. Matter of fact, what did we just see? We just saw Samsung Unpacked invites mm-hmm. went out and we're expecting three phones and I'm just gonna throw a random fourth thing in there, but we'll get to it <laughs> uh, at Unpacked. So look, we all know Galaxy Note 20 is coming. The leaks have started to come out as well. We've seen some visuals. There's this cool new bronze color. I don't know if you saw that. I did, They're calling it copper, right? Uh, I don't actually know what the name of the color is, but I thought it, it, it looks like copper. Two col- copper and gold, which is like very close, but I would assume bronze and copper would be close. Something to like that. Gold. Yeah. 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 It looks uh, nice. I think it's a really good looking phone. Mm-hmm. Um, we're assuming it's going to be called Note 20. Uh, the other question is, will there be a Note 20 Ultra alongside, you know, Galaxy S20 Ultra? Yes. Not sure. So there was a... Um, they, someone found something that had to do with them like copywriting the name of Note 20 Ultra, but then okay. some people are wondering if that's just the previous Plus model and they're getting rid of Plus and going to Ultra, or is there potentially going to be mm. Note 20, Note 20 Plus, Note 20 Ultra, similar to the S series. So that's, oh, that's a, an like, expensive phone. That is an imagine. expensive. Imagine a one terabyte gold Galaxy Note 20 Ultra. Wow. That's just a tablet. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's, I mean, we'll see. I'm not sure the rumors have really formulated there, enough, but it's... All the rumors for this are very, very, like... They're a little looser. Yeah, they're way... Yeah. Lo- all the rumors we're going to talk about for the rest of this show are much looser, okay. I think. Um, well, that's perfect, because we're also expecting Z Flip 5G, which, you know, we have Z Flip already. I think Austin Evans is still Z Flip gang. He's still rocking that really? phone. I think I, Quinn is also still I saw Z the Flip. video of Quinn, like, tossing it saying like this is too fragile and just threw it off so it's a tank man that's pretty awesome and then we're also looking forward to galaxy fold 2 and that i have not seen as many like leaks or anything about and i think that's probably going to be nothing about that i think that's just going to be like on stage unveil status i don't think they have any that's that's roadster release yeah i think it's that i don't think that because the rumors we're looking at right now are like almost and again 
super futuristic looking like bezel-less display on the front, hole punch display on the inside, like the entire thing looks bezel-less. Okay. It's really tough to say like how far Man, along they are. It's crazy how the thing holding, I think that fold back in terms of like really looking like this totally futuristic phone was that front. Yeah, um, definitely. But if they went bezel-less on the front, that phone would just look like something that we shouldn't be seeing. For that 10 would be or 20 my next years. phone. I was my biggest reservation about that phone, even though like okay, it doesn't look as futuristic. Was it was right as I was getting into high refresh rate phones. Mm-hmm. So everything new coming out right around Galaxy S and OnePlus was like ninety hertz, hundred twenty hertz, and I was like, ooh, this new thing. It's really effective at feeling faster. And I would go back to a sixty hertz phone, and it would feel slower. So I guess what I'm trying to say is, I would love a high refresh rate on both screens and that would probably smoke through battery but when's the last time yeah, Samsung like cared about that grand, yeah. yeah that's <laughs> I I would love to see a Galaxy Fold 2 with a better design and high refresh rate and that to me would be an awesome phone but again these are I think a little less likely to be concrete by the time we see them so the show is what is it, August 7th I believe is the date oh, was it that early yeah so we're huh. we'll seeing it in about a month uh, and the last thing I wanted to bring up about Samsung Unpacked was it's been... Did you tweet today? Yeah, it's 699? been 699 days. So by the days, time this episode's out, 701 days. Since we saw Galaxy... Oh, it's not even called Galaxy. Since we saw... Yeah, Galaxy Home, right? Galaxy Home. Galaxy think, Home. Yeah. I would just want to call Bixby it Bixby Speaker. speaker. <laughs> uh, alongside... It was on stage alongside the Galaxy Note 9. That's how long it's been nice. since we saw that thing. And made a brief appearance at CES the following year. Made a splash at a CES exhibit, and then that's kind of been it. We saw buried like a rumor in a landfill of, somewhere, apparently. Yeah, there's like a, a rumor of a mini version mm-hmm. coming out, and then that sort of went hush-hush, and uh, that's, that's about it. I mean, the ones we saw, I'm going to be completely honest, looked they dumb, looked yeah. like you basically had to live in some like three million dollars super modern home that's just like all black marble to make that yeah. like look like it fit in your house. It just um, kind of looked like a tiny barbecue grill, pretty much. Yeah, or like now, Bart Simpson's head almost. Do they? Uh, do they just hope we forget about it and never show it again? Do they have to announce they cancel it? Like Air- Apple actually, I believe, had an official statement about uh, Air, Air Power, Power, which you know everyone likes to bring up Air Power as being their canceled thing. What was their official statement? It wasn't like, it was just a, a post or something, right? Or look. like an official statement to a, a journalist? Because I can't imagine them going up on, could you imagine a, a company going up on stage and being like, and next thing up, Galaxy Home is officially canceled yeah. and that'll was, never happen. This was a, an emailed statement from an Apple senior VP of hardware engineering about how they've tried really hard and it's too difficult to meet the high standards they hold themselves to. So it's not like they go on stage and go, all right, everybody, air power, here's an update. Here's it's the, not happening. The thing, though, <laughs> Samsung can't do that because if they say it doesn't meet our high standards, they're basically saying we don't, Bixby isn't good, but we're still putting it on all our phones. The only other standards it needs to have is a way to It just has to talk. work. It just has to it's be a, just speaker a speaker and not look terrible. <laughs> it's just So like, speaker. they can't announce that unless they ditch Bixby from their phones, pretty much. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see it ever actually happening but that's the thing uh, is it's so simple it's just a speaker with a mic i mean and it's so like. simple in the the sense of we are assuming bixby 
is up to their standards because they're selling Bixby on things. So the rest yeah. of it should not be that hard. And they're Samsung. They do very, very advanced things. They should be able to pull that They have off. some of the best earbuds that I've ever used. They have the Galaxy Buds. They, they have, have great the best microphones. Of a lot of everyday so, uh, technology. I don't know what's happening there. But look, I'm looking forward to Galaxy Fold 2. And of course, Galaxy Note 20 is probably coming out right alongside that. Um, we also have, I mean, the ROG Phone 3 we can briefly mention. I mean, that's going to be probably a, a spec bump to the already spec king from last year. And Qualcomm yeah. just announced the Snapdragon 865 Plus, which goes to 3.1 gigahertz. So we'll probably see that bad in that. Yeah, so. it's a phone that already last year it won three awards in the smartphone contest, and one of them was most improved. So oh, yeah. they just continue that trend upwards. Like, oh, that was the three could be. Yeah. So it won best big phone, right? Because mm-hmm. it was a great use of space, big battery, big speakers, all that stuff. And then what did it win? It didn't oh, sacrifice anything, yeah. Battery champ. Mm-hmm. So best big phone, battery champ, most improved. This year, ROG Phone 3, big candidate for a lot of those things. So that's cool. We're also looking forward to OnePlus Nord. And at this point, OnePlus Nord is just a huge teaser campaign. This is so OnePlus. This is them going, all right, what are we going to confirm and how are we going to drag it out as long as possible? Huh. I think I literally saw um, like an entire post about how the camera is going to have OIS. Like just that one spec. Like huh. we're going to have a flagship camera. It's going to have OIS. And it, there's this whole winding, rambling thing about how great stabilization is in cameras where it's like all you really get out of that is, yeah, it'll have OIS in the camera. So they're they're teasing it. It's it's OnePlus's budget phone that's coming up. A lot of interesting things behind the scenes happening with that that we'll probably be able to share by the next episode. Yeah, but next episode probably Asus and OnePlus should be we'll out be talking by then. about yeah yeah. So that's that's something to look forward to. But you wanted to talk about Pixel, yeah. And I actually I'm curious what what we could even talk about with Pixel. Because There's not much, but I think that's the interesting point about talking about Pixel. Okay, so go first on. let's talk about Pixel 4a. The good news of that, we don't have much more, but they stopped production of the 3A, which we can only assume means the 4A should be coming pretty soon if they're not expecting to be selling more 3A. It also could probably mean they made too many and they just didn't sell any and they're just done. They're just done making Okay, being very optimistic (laughs) that potentially 4A should be coming fairly soon. Pixel 5 is the big question. And I think what I find most interesting is last year, I'm fairly certain we literally had a review in another language of the Pixel 4 <laughs> by this time last year. Like that's actually we true. We had seen literally every single thing the Pixel 4 could have had at this point, and we have heard almost nothing about the Pixel 5. There were a couple like huh. really quick render speculations early. One had this like really weird U-shaped camera bump on the back, and another one just looked like a Pixel 4 with a, a physical fingerprint reader on the back, but a lot of very well-known and very accurate leakers have said there's almost no merit to either of those uh, leaks. Right. Um, So I have two statements from two different people who are very well-known in the Android community, and I think both of them say a lot. So Stephen Hall from 9to5Google is saying, because of COVID-19 is helping Google keep hardware secrets because things aren't following normal patterns. So he's basically saying, Things are chaotic over there, right? And supply chains a little, a little, chaos a little crazy, right and it's helping because, like, you. There's two ways to think of this: is Pixel Five delayed because they're having problems because of COVID, or did they all of a sudden hire a new team and now they have it on lock? Like, which I highly doubt 
because of how yeah. much we saw of everything last year. So Pixel 4a is already delayed a lot. Yes. And that's, you know, basically because of COVID. I mean, they haven't yeah. made any announcements, but we can sort of infer that. Yeah, we all assumed we were going to see it at IO. So there's a lot of a lot of things in the next like six months that could potentially be delayed. There was even a rumor that the iPhone might not come out in September this year. They've been like lockstep with September stuff, and it looks like they've gotten that back on track. But I think anything is candidate to be delayed. But the fact that we haven't seen anything, anything like at all is kind of curious. But I don't think they just don't do a pixel. So they that's it. They have to do a pixel, so right? David Rudock, I believe, from Android Police. Yeah. Sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong. Um, tweeted uh, total absence of fresh leaks around Pixel Five is not about Google doing a better job at locking down leaks. It's because Google has not decided what it's doing yet. I imagine the hardware team is in total chaos right now. So I think mm. that adds more to like COVID and potentially being delayed because of all of that. But we're in July. If a team doesn't have a design like locked down, they're usually releasing in what, October? Yeah, October. That's five months from now. That no, not I guess July, August. Yeah. Okay, yeah. That's still really, really soon to not have anything locked down i mean i'm sure they have some concepts but if they're in so sounds like basically the the amount of leaks we had last year was because the supply chain was so loosey-goosey and they'd finished <laughs> they'd finished the phone months in advance like they usually do and they just don't have yeah. that level of control over they, their supply chain so by this time last year they literally had it in packaging right right so this year there is so much uh so much indecision and so much difficulty with the the state of the world that they probably haven't fully decided what they're going to do with this phone that it probably is undoubtedly delayed at least as much as pixel 4a which means it, it which won't make the holiday in. season yeah yeah that's closing into 2021 already so and i guess if you're in the position of google and you're like well if it won't make the holiday season should we even try even to make it this year do should it, we like, just make it next year yeah do we settle with a potentially like last minute could be lackluster design or do we just look to skip this one release 4a and and go because the pixel 4 didn't kill it it did not do that well it didn't sell well here's the thing about i mean this can go all the way back to like why do we make a new phone every year anyway like what if the tech isn't really that much better uh people buying a pixel 4 are probably fine for another year I think you want to have a new product available every year for people who are looking to upgrade. But yeah. if you can't make something good, you you don't have to make something. Mm-hmm. You could probably wait till March of next year and then get back on the on the horse. But I don't know if they have to. As much as I'd love, like I love the Pixel, I'd love for them to make another mm-hmm. incredible camera and another great phone. But I guess they don't have to make one in September or October. It would be very interesting to see them skip a year. Hmm. But with how poorly Pixel 4 went over last year, it might just be the right move and to really nail it next time. I think the rumors actually, the only ones we've really heard were they were potentially going down a step in processor and not right. selling a full blown. But then the thing I liked was they were just ditching solely. It sounded like, Oh, I can't wait for that. Something I hate <laughs> on my phone. It's turned off and it sucks mm. that people are paying for that. Yeah. Um, the, I guess Google, when I think about it is maybe one of the only companies that can pull it off where if you're a, if you're a hardware maker, if you're LG, HTC, one of these, or even OnePlus, and you find yourself like in a position where you can't really put together something in time for what you wanted to make, 
uh, Google is maybe one of the only companies that can just not put out a phone and no one's like really that mad. Like they're still making Android. They're yeah. still on every phone. They're still doing and if the they really need, If they have stuff. more things they need to say or more leading they need to do for the Android program, then they can make a new Pixel. Uh, but maybe oh. not Maybe not on time. Speaking of that, there's also some rumors that Google and Samsung are working together on their own smartphone chips. So maybe that's also cutting into, I don't, I'm assuming it would be different teams, but it's just mm. more stuff that could be adding to chaos over there that's not getting this out on time. I'm wow. sure there are some people at Google listening to this right now and just being like, you have everything wrong. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, you know, this is what you get when you don't leak stuff all year and we can't talk about it. Yeah, so come on guys. We're gonna turn this into a little- Get back to leaking. A little more fun. <laughs> get back to it, start putting it in our hands. No, that's, yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of question marks around the Pixel line even even now with Pixel 4a, so we'll keep an eye on all of that. Yeah, we probably won't even have anything more by next episode, but hey. Doubt it, yeah. Let's keep watching it. All right. Well, that's a lot of stuff. That's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot of stuff. We, we've talked, we're over an hour already, so let's take a, another quick break, and then we'll we'll do some Q&A because we had some, some pretty interesting questions, yeah. and then we'll wrap it up. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, welcome back. So we got we talked about a lot of stuff, but as usual, we we put out a little Q and A question on the Waveform Twitter and got some interesting questions from you guys, and so we can go over them. Some of them are related to stuff we've already talked about, but I wanted to start off right off the top with uh, this one asking: With Dark Sky leaving Android soon, there's a month left, by the way, but it's leaving mm-hmm. Android. Have you have you found a replacement weather app yet? And no, Carrot Weather does not count. The UI is horrendous. <laughs> and I agree. I tried Carrot Weather. I still don't think it's very good. Uh, but I did find one. It's called Overdrop. And it's pretty close. I mean, it uses, it's powered by Dark Sky. So I don't know if I can, if it'll still pull data from there. But it is a good looking app. It does give me like hour by hour. It's smooth. It supports 120 hertz. The radar is not as good. Uh, but that's the only thing that's lacking. So I'll, I'll say I'll plug uh, Overdrop if you guys haven't checked that out. Give that a look. Nice. I'm still, I still just type it into Google and I, I just, don't have a dedicated weather app. Oh, I know. Wow. I don't know why. I'm super into the, the hyper local weather stuff. Someone says, What did you guys learn about podcasting and what's your best tips for a new tech podcast? But let's just say any podcast. Um, I'd say just just start. Get something that you can start. This is kind of interesting. We just got our, every month we get numbers based on our episodes and our last episode was our second most listened to episode ever. Oh, with the, Craig, yeah. Yeah, the first one, 
the number one episode being the first episode because we launched it. If you go back and listen to that episode, it sounds so bad compared yeah. to this. Well, this is we what happens a, when you look at your old work is yeah. you see all the but things But it's not even a wrong. year ago at this point. Like right. we've improved so much and audio is like, you've worked with audio, but audio is like a pretty new game for all of us. And we've learned a lot through this. And we had a huge problem with volume and levels and, and noise. And it sounds I'm like embarrassed to listen to it yeah. going back. Um, and and we hope to continue that rate of improvement. Yeah, ideally, exactly. So. This room still has a lot of soundproofing to do. Uh, we're right. waiting on all that to come in. But like, but just get going because like I said, our worst sounding episode is our most listened to episode here. That's um, facts. That's so facts. it's crazy. So just, just get going with it. There is so many resources online, Reddit, YouTube. Um, there are plenty of people out there you can find to help you with all your audio stuff. I've learned so much through just watching random things or, or talking to people who are knowledgeable about it. And I'd like to think the podcast quality has gotten much, much better since that first episode. Yeah. And I think just, uh, just, uh, having a theme or a story, I'm just, I'll just chime this in where, uh, you can have a conversational podcast and that's fun. But when you have like a theme or a, a consistent, topic or reason to go back that's it that's what takes it to the next level so just a little little tidbit for me mm-hmm. oh wait i like this one all right what's your opinion on the current smartphone nomenclature that's how you pronounce that right yeah um i think marketing teams are going bonkers and the names of phones are getting way too long <laughs> and i think i can agree with this and not just when it comes to phones i think computer monitors are the worst well okay yeah tvs <laughs> TVs monitors. for some reason displays are so bad. No, I, th- I think smartphone names actually go in and out of waves of being good and then bad. Uh, I think sometimes different companies just get lost in the sauce and just have horrible names for a while and then shake their head like the easy, the etch-a-sketch and like realize it's weird and uh-huh. start over. Like Sony's phone that I'm still trying to get my hands on is called the Xperia 1 2. I tell people what phone I use, and I say it's the OnePlus 8, and they go, the what? Yeah. The what? Now, the iPhone 11, that's really easy. The iPhone 11 yes. Pro, that makes sense. The iPhone 11 Pro Max, starting it's to get much, a little yeah. much. I mean, you kind of have to say it's the bigger one, but I think some companies just, uh, yeah, I agree. Sometimes they get a little weird. Yeah, some of them are weird. It's hard to blame the OnePlus because that's their name, so it's not yeah. like... The OnePlus 8 is actually a super simple. It's about as good as scheme. you can name a phone when your company name is OnePlus. It's OnePlus, yeah. yeah but it's then, true. And what's interesting is I would say Samsung's names are way too long, but by the time you usually say Samsung Note 20 or you would say Galaxy Note 20, like it's just turned into that thing where you usually skip one because the Samsung Galaxy Note 20 Ultra is just... You know what's funny? Dear. What? It's funny because the we say the brand name of every other phone except Apple. When we say, did you notice that? Almost <laughs> yeah. everyone except maybe Asus, we say ROG phone, but like everyone else will say the Samsung Galaxy S10, the LG V50. Thank you. The yeah, and we always, we always say the company name, but with Apple it's the iPhone. Yeah. And then the rest of the names. Especially so Samsung. They struggle with that because no one wants to say the Samsung Galaxy S20 Ultra 5g like they, there's too much yeah you need to cut it so no one ever says the whole name they go this is the samsung 20 or the galaxy 20 or s20 no one wants to say the whole name yeah. 
So I do think they're too long when you have to also say the brand name. I think Google does a good job um, because even Pixel. if you say the full Google Pixel 4, Not that's bad. simple, that's straight good. to the point. You have a very distinct name and then you have the number after it. Yeah. It's like, name your phones like Rocky names its movies. Keep it simple. <laughs> One, two. Yeah, keep, keep it real simple. I like that. Mm. Yeah, there's an interesting question here from Connor. What is one thing you do not want on a smartphone and why? <laughs> and someone actually answered it for me and it's pretty good. Let's I said see. for Marquez, it's probably one of those two megapixel macro cameras. <laughs> <laughs> and that's actually, that's probably my answer. Aside from the macro camera, there's definitely some things that are like, I don't want them in their current state. Like I don't want Soli and I don't want LG's like video or uh, motion unlocking or gestures. Oh, yes. But like ultimately if those worked really well, they would be awesome. They're, so it's not that I don't want that in a phone. I just don't want to be paying extra money for a phone when they don't work very well. Right. There are some features that come out where I immediately my gimmick sensor goes off yeah. where I'm like, I don't want to pay for that most of the time if gimmicks worked well they would be awesome but we know they're not gonna work well yeah sometimes they do work well they're just like you open it you demo it it works really well and then you never use it again mm -hmm. and it's like well i guess it was cool for a week but uh it's not like i don't want it if it works but sometimes i think the things i just don't want are the Shh. things that take up space at the detriment of other things and don't work well that's what i don't want yeah so i mean if you took the two megapixel away from the macro camera, would you still want it? If it was a good macro camera? A good camera? macro camera? Sure. So it's hard to say like, here's something I specifically don't want because we just don't want the really poor versions of them. Curved displays. Okay. How about camera that? Camera bumps. Camera bumps, I'm actually not that against if they're, if they don't like. But like it adds nothing positive to the phone, right? Yeah. I mean, I guess if you could choose no camera bump or camera bump, I would choose no camera bump. Uh-huh. But, but it's not something that it's not like I'm looking at my you. phone like I wish I didn't have this. But yeah. I, I I do I'll say <laughs> to to add to the macro cameras, I I don't want the bleeding over the sides screen thing. Mm -hmm. I think that's it looks cool at first, but it ends up kind of being annoying after a while to use. And as I've mentioned that in videos, so I'll add that too. Why do a lot of different space YouTubers, tech food bloggers, travel bloggers? get the same set of sponsors such as VPN companies, Raycon, HelloFresh, et cetera? I can answer that. Yeah. Uh, it's because those are the companies who are reaching out to all these YouTubers. Yeah, those are uh, companies who know good marketing and know social media is simple very enough. good marketing right now. Yeah, to, to, to sort of break it down, like, and I think you know there might be a video about this already or maybe I'll just talk about it more, but there's not a lot of companies that do integrations with YouTube well. And most companies, most older, most traditional, most massive companies are very entrenched in more traditional advertising. They're advertising mm -hmm. on TV. If they're lucky, they're doing advertising with Google AdWords and on the internet. And so influencer marketing is very new, as much as I hate the word. That's kind of just what it is, where yeah. you work with someone on Instagram or YouTube or Twitch or TikTok or whatever it is. Um, and there, there is a small number of companies that turn out to be really great to work with. And word travels quick about those companies within the creator community. Yeah. Look, have you worked with this company? What did you think? Were they good? Oh, they were amazing. They only wanted one round of edits. They paid yeah. within a week or two. They had let me do full creative control. Like that kind of stuff is rare. So when you only see like six or seven different companies advertising on all your favorite YouTube channels, 
it's probably because they're doing it well. Now you might not love the product and you might think it's intrusive and all of that is totally understandable, but that's just the way it is right now. It's like if you watch TV in the first 10 years of TV when advertising was first starting, I'm sure it was not immediately accepted as this thing you should blow millions of mm -hmm. dollars on so you're not gonna see a ton of ads. So I think it's just that, it's just, we're just early in the game. The thing is also if you think short 60 second ad breaks like that are intrusive, you don't see all the things we don't agree to oh, because so they much. are trying to be very, very, very intrusive. So the things we're allowing are <clears throat> generally the least intrusive, easiest people to work with, things we still believe in, but like mostly are it's not going to really affect the video and it's something that's not going to destroy our time over here with eight rounds of editing. And yeah, that's that's the thing is there's a, for every ad you do see, <laughs> I bet the ratio is different from different channels, but for every ad you do see, there's 80 to 150 ads you don't see uh, that were skipped over. Mm -hmm. And there, to be perfectly honest, I've skipped over uh, some ads because they're just everywhere. I don't do any of those like mobile game you know, those, those, yeah, like those, I, I literally don't play any of them, obviously, first of all, but they're also everywhere and it's yeah. just kind of like, I kind of zone out when I see one of those. So mm -hmm. I just, I don't, I don't think I'm ever going to do those, but to answer the question, there's not very many advertisers, uh, willingly properly working with YouTubers. Those, they're so. still learning the space. Exactly. We're all still figuring it out together. All right, I got one more. I think this is a good one. Okay. Uh, predictions for the quality of tech unveiling keynotes after seeing how well-produced WWDC was. And I kind of want to, I'm just going to twist it a little bit. Okay. And I'll ask you, do you think we have to go back to cringy onstage presentations after realizing how effective online presentations can be? In terms of the presentation, I don't think we have to go back, but I think we're going to go back because it usually offers that hands-on. Right. So the like, hands-on, yeah. yeah. That's so why we have to. WWDC was a great, well-produced thing, and there was no hardware, so they didn't have to do a hands-on. True. Now, that being said, if if we get to September or we're getting to these, you know, unpacked. Wait, is unpacked in person? I didn't even check. There's no way. If we get to these future events where there's going to be hardware and there's no hands-on, these companies have to decide how to do that. And I think I think they can do uh, sending out devices to reviewers under embargo where we get to use them and create our videos like usual, but we don't have to attend a physical in-person event the event gets live streamed, everyone watches it, then afterwards the embargo drops and all the videos come out. I think that's beautiful. I mean, for I think us, that, do that sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah, it sounds great, especially because when they pre-produce, I forgot about this at WWDC, because usually it happens on stage, and then I wanna go back to the hotel or whatever and do my overview video of what just happened. Uh -huh. And the hardest thing immediately about that is like, all right, where do we, how do we download this footage of the keynote? Where did, <laughs> where did it just happen? Can we go to Apple's site? Can we go to get a QuickTime file, YouTube? Where are we gonna find this? Uh, and <laughs> after WWDC this year, it was all pre-produced. So as soon as the keynote ended, I had all of the files in HD from Apple straight away. Yeah. Here you go, feel free to use it. I was like, whoa, this is game changing. So. In my mind, I was like, we don't have to go back. We don't have to go back to those yeah. live presentations because this was equally effective, if not more so, because I immediately had the resources to make a better video. And it's definitely more beneficial for everyone watching who's not invited to those events because then you just get a way better... I mean, and to be honest, even seeing those events live 
the only reason they're nice live is because immediately you're going to have hands-on time with something. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I get the aura of like the hype of it, like the audience applause. We didn't have that, right? Yeah. It was a little more polished and they had a, a more of a production, but you also missed out on the oohs and ahs and the, the reveals to people who are going to yeah. immediately react. There's no comment section. It's just like a sort of a stale live stream. So I get that, you know, when you're trying to do something exciting, you, you kind of have to mix it up a bit and having a live stream. OnePlus is doing an AR. I mentioned this on the live podcast because I couldn't talk about it, but now we can. Mm-hmm. They're doing an AR event around the OnePlus Nord. Huh. So they're, they're, I guess you'll be able to stream it in augmented reality with like your phone, maybe on YouTube or something. The details will be somewhere. We'll mm. try to put it in the show notes, but they're doing an AR launch event. And my immediate thought was, this is either going to be amazing or really cringy and difficult. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not sure yet. That's going to be tough. Uh, but I like that they're getting creative, and I think we should get creative with these these launch events because maybe this is the way we just keep doing them from now on. Yeah. If I were a speaker, I would much prefer a pre-recorded where I could 100%. not make mistakes in everything than go up live on a stage. That is not my thing. Yeah. Um, but luckily, I'm not the one who has to do that. So either way... And even 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 for these companies who are typically putting like their CEO on stage, who let's be real, often doesn't have the best on stage presentation skills, the fact that you can now give them a script, let them edit it after the fact, uh-huh. and really make it much more presentable uh, and engaging, it's going to make their CEOs look better. It's going to make the videos easier to watch. Uh, I think it's a win win. You don't have to fly people in. We don't have to spend money to fly in. Yeah, it's a win. So. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm all for it. I yeah. think we keep it this way. It'll all be about the hands-on part. And in, in our ideal scenario, we'd much rather have the products here exactly. so we can film in a good scenario. The I hands-on, guess. yeah. The hands-on area experience is a very stinks. special thing. It stinks. It's really It's awful. I don't I'm trying to think if there's another equivalent in some other industry where the curtains pull back and you run at something with a camera. What what other industry has that? I don't know. I'm sure like fashion industry or, or something Maybe. like that. Uh, that's a stage. Yeah. It's, it's just like, such an incredibly specific thing that I won't miss, but the, it's so specific to these tech events that you feel like we got to keep it around because it's such a tech event thing. The but, only thing I like about events is seeing other creators that we don't get to see. That's Because we're away from everything. That but part's like, true. Yeah. Yeah. I guess we'll all just join, a, join together at CES and like, three years when they finally hold it again <laughs> uh, <laughs> have they canceled CES maybe. yet they haven't canceled it have they? i don't think they've canceled it but, but okay. it's canceled well i won't I, i'm just gonna say now i don't think i'm gonna go to ces but i will miss seeing all our friends at these events for sure but again good question my prediction is we will probably go back to normal but my my thought is let's make like a hybrid of the two anyway Well, we've talked for about 75 years. I think we'll wrap (laughs) it up. Thanks for listening to this episode of Waveform. Uh, We'll be back in the next episode with probably a lot more tech stuff, and we'll have some guests on as well. But keep tweeting at us at Waveform on Twitter. we got plenty of stuff, plenty of feedback from you, and we'll look forward to chatting with you in the next one. Peace. Waveform was created with Studio 71, and our intro-outro music was made by Cameron Barlow.